Saints fans, Pelicans fans, let's go. This is the Black and Blue Report. Black. Bree is going to go deep. He's got ground. Touchdown. Blue. Down the lane. Shoots. No. Tip follow in for Davis with three tenths of a second left. Welcome into the podcast for the fans, straight from the teams they love. It's good to see you guys, and uh, I didn't know we had Studio B here in our facility. Good setup. Now that I know where your guys' little office is, I can pop in here whenever I want. Well, we're playing through AD, and so everybody's going to have to adjust to that. Coaches, players, analysts, celebrities, and more. That guy's Anthony Mackie. I've gotten in many of our arguments about the Pelicans and the Saints uh, over the years. Harry Connick Jr. joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. Undoubtedly, to me, the Saints are the singular reason that New Orleans is back on the map. Hoda Kotb from the Today Show on NBC, our guest. You know, New Orleans gets in your blood. The Saints never leave it once they get in there. This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio. Wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Hey, how it goes, and welcome into the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Greetings from Studio B today on Airline Drive at the headquarters of the Saints and the Pelicans. I'm Sean Kelly, and glad you're with us for this Tuesday podcast. We've got a lot of ground to cover today. It is a busy week here for both the Saints and the Pelicans. Of course, with the Saints, they are out in Phoenix, Arizona at the NFL owners' meetings. So is our own John DeShazer from NewOrleansSaints.com. John is going to join us today and give us the absolute latest on the Saints at the NFL owners' meetings. And we'll also hear uh, in its entirety the press conference held yesterday for Saints General Manager and Executive Vice President Mickey Loomis. That's yours today as well. On the Pelicans' side, Jim Eichenhofer from Pelicans.com stops by. The Pelicans' find themselves now in a not a desperate situation, but certainly an urgent one with 12 games to go. They have uh, safely returned from the West Coast and are practicing again today after working out yesterday as well. And uh, we also have a new player in the fold as of this morning. Elliot Williams uh, went two 10-day contracts with the New Orleans Pelicans. They chose not to sign him for the remainder of the season, and they've brought back uh, Tony Douglas. Douglas is a 6'2 guard who was with New Orleans earlier this year. Three games averaging nine points, four assists, 2.3 rebounds, and 1.3 steals in 22 minutes per game, while he had signed two 10-day contracts again earlier this season with the New Orleans Pelicans. Time overseas in China as well for Douglas. Originally drafted 29th overall out of Florida State in 09 by the Lakers. Douglas has 300 career NBA games under his belt. He'll wear number 16 again and will be available for tomorrow night's game against the Houston Rockets. So the roster stands at 14. The number of games left is 12. They are three games out of the eighth seed in the Western Conference playoffs. If the uh, Thunder beat the Lakers tonight, which uh, I guess we'd probably have to expect, uh, it could be three and a half games before the Pelicans retake the floor against the Rockets tomorrow at home. But more on that in a moment with Jim Eichenhofer, certainly. And then John DeShazer from Phoenix from the NFL Owners Meetings. And Mickey Loomis, too. It's a very busy Tuesday here on the Black and Blue Report. We'll not waste any more time. We'll take our first time out and get you into the news of the day with the guys covering both of our teams.
The playoff pushes on as your New Orleans Pelicans fight for the postseason. Join us this Wednesday at 7 p.m. at the Smoothie King Center for another guys' night out against the Houston Rockets. This ticket package includes two tickets, four beers, plus we'll throw in two free t-shirts, all for as low as $46. Grab your pals to get on board for guys' night out. Call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your tickets today. Racing fans, you won't want to miss the Professional Drag Racers Association Cajun Nationals Pro Mod at Thunder Road Raceway Park in Gilliam, Louisiana, just outside of Shreveport. This exciting event runs April 30th through May 2nd. For more information, visit www.racetrrp.com. And while in town, enjoy great gaming action, shopping, food, and nightlife. For additional things to see and do, visit shreveport-bossier.org or call 888-45-VISIT. We're talking Pelicans basketball on the Black and Blue Report. Hey, Jim Eichenhofer from Pelicans.com jumps in with us here on the Black and Blue Report. He's the usual guest here on Tuesdays. And, Jim, uh, greetings. Welcome back from the West Coast. Thanks a lot, Sean. Uh, thanks for having me on the show once again. It's like Tuesdays with Maury. Remember that book that Mitch Album did? Yeah, yes. Just, just yes, a, Tuesdays with you. Just a little bit less entertaining than the book, that, but that's okay. We, we, just, we just haven't written the book yet, that's all. <laughs> that's right. Speaking of the West Coast, how much damage was done? I mean, I'd say quite a bit. Uh, I, th- I, think, I think I went into that trip thinking that, you know, the Pelicans' schedule is a lot tougher than, than uh, OKC, but you hoped that you'd come out of that trip maybe even or, at, the, at worst, a game back but instead it's three. I think the two games I looked at the most as kind of the swing games was for the Pelicans, the game against Phoenix, which was very winnable. You hoped to get that game, and you hoped that OKC would lose to Atlanta. Um, That was by far the toughest game they had and what was a pretty easy stretch for them on paper. So both of those games go against you if you're New Orleans, and so instead of maybe being one game out, you're three games out. So, I mean, it was tough. But on the other hand, I think as – as much as the schedule was in favor of Oklahoma City last week, I think it's in favor of of the Pelicans after, especially after tonight and tomorrow. Um, so you know, if you're the Pelicans, you hope that you can, you know, turn things exactly around compared to what happened last week, and that you in a lot better situation like a week or ten days from now. Jim, I can offer from Pelicans.com with us. Jim, I thought the road trip got started off on the bad foot, and, uh, and I meant that literally and uh, figuratively when Anthony Davis rolled his ankle at shoot-around last Thursday, the day of the uh, first game against Phoenix. And, I, and, I, and I've been thinking about injuries a lot, obviously, because it's been a major storyline. And all along, Jim, I've said to myself, look, the injury situation isn't as nearly as bad as it was last year. But then again, the timing of the injuries mm-hmm. seems to have a greater impact this time around. Yeah, I mean, it was one of those things where, you know, we've both been around the team for a while. We've seen a lot of strange things and some bad luck, especially the last couple of years. But to have that happen in shoot-around, of all things, in the very first, before the first game of probably the toughest road trip of the season, it was just one of those things that just makes you shake your head and say, how how does stuff like this keep happening? But but like you said, though, it's not as it's definitely not as as drastic of a situation as last year, where it seemed like, you know, almost everybody was injured all at the same time. And hopefully, you know, some of these guys will be able to come back soon. And you know, it's 
I mean, I, I keep looking at that even though things turned in a, in a bad way, obviously, in the last week or so, that it's it's been great to be in the race, and hopefully they can get an inch a little closer in the next uh, few, few uh, games here. There's no doubt it's not over yet. Twelve games to go. Um, before we kind of get to that, or at least try to crystal ball things a touch, um, one thing that I did see last week, and, uh, and back me up or argue me down on this, for the better part of last week, the offense was was not there. They were shooting around 34 to 35%. They were averaging 85 points or less. Um, and that led to a couple of those losses, especially the one against Phoenix. But at least over the weekend, first against Golden State and then certainly against the Clippers, it seems like maybe the offense has come back to life a little bit as we head into this homestand. Yeah, I thought the one thing that was interesting about Sunday's game was I thought they played really well offensively. They shot really well. It was just the once again the turnovers were such a huge factor in that if if they had gotten more possessions, I think offensively they would have had a I mean they had a chance to win anyways, but that might have been the the factor that put them over the top. But I thought a lot of guys had good games. Quincy shot really well. Um, Eric had another game where he you know shot extremely well. Um, obviously, AD barely missed a, a shot. I think he was like eleven for thirteen. So, I mean, yeah, they in the first two-plus quarters of the Golden State game and then through pr- pretty much the entire Clippers game, other than the turnovers. I think they're, they've are they been playing better offensively. Um, if they play that way or close to that way at home, you would like to think that they'll get a couple of these home games, if not all three of them, coming up here this week. They might be must-wins, all of them, Jim, uh, due to the fact that uh, I, I certainly see Oklahoma City beating the Lakers tonight, which yep. means you would be three-and-a-half out. Although stranger things have happened here in the month of March, uh, the, that Laker team just might <laughs> yeah. just might be the one team that that trades the the Atlanta situation that you had talked about against Oklahoma City last week. But let's just go chalk here and say that Oklahoma City wins tonight. That has you three and a half back heading into your last twelve and these three on the homestand. Um, have you sat down with um, pen and paper here and tried to figure out what record might might be able to do it for New Orleans? Well, the one thing that I did look at was if. Oklahoma City goes 500 the rest of the way. If they go six and six over their last 12 games, then the Pelicans have to go nine and three over their 12 to to um, make the playoffs. And also factor in that we can't even we can't completely discount Phoenix e- either, even though Phoenix has a ridiculously tough schedule. But I I think that um, like you kind of alluded to, you could probably say that all, all the home games left this season are close to must wins. I mean they they have to win. They have six home games left. They probably have to win maybe five of those because, you know, you're not going to to uh, sweep the road games. You know you're going to have some road games that are going to be tough to get. So I would look at these this next stretch as, as games that they pretty much have to win, it, especially after um, the Houston game. The next four game, four or five games, I think, after that are against teams that are out of contention. So, I mean, those are games that you that you really have to get and you have to hope that – Oklahoma City loses a couple of these tough ones that they have coming up. Speaking of Houston, that's the team we'll see tomorrow night at the Smoothie King Center. They'll roll in with a little momentum. I think Harden dumped 44 on their opponent last night. They won and, uh, and I guess have some modicum of confidence as they come in after a little bit of a rough weekend for those guys too. If you were to look at storylines for tomorrow's game, what are you going to put your finger on? The I think one of the biggest reasons why the Pelicans are 2-0 and against Houston this year is because they've done a great job against James Harden. He uh, has been – he's probably played against – he's probably struggled more against the Pelicans in terms of an opponent 
this season than anyone. Um, he's had, but the the thing is, is they had Drew Holiday in those games. So I mean, that's a that's going to be something to to really watch. Is that without him out there to 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 uh, defend Harden, you're going to be asking some of your other guys like Quincy, um, and I think maybe Eric Gordon. And um, but that's one of the biggest things is that they just need to if they can keep him contained or you know he maybe he scores twenty something points but he takes twenty five shots like he did in the previous two games I think they'll have a good chance to win but um you know I think that's probably one of the biggest things he's had some unbelievable games lately where he's taken twenty five free throws and I want to say one of the games against uh, the Pelicans he had zero free throw attempts which is who knows? That might be the only time that's happened all season, with given how many calls he gets and how much he gets to the line. Yeah, no doubt about that. Those arms of his are like razor wire, <laughs> kind of like Tyreek Evans when he goes into the lane. Um, did you uh, happen to stop by practice yesterday uh, the, after the team arrived from the West Coast? I did not stop by. That was my one day off this week, but um, I watched a lot of the uh, a lot of the the stuff that they talked about and listened to some of the of Monty's perspective, I guess on on the situation right now. I thought it was interesting that he he said basically, you know, if if Oklahoma City keeps playing the way they're playing, you just got to tip your hat to them. It's it's tough with what's happened lately with the Pelicans that they were they were really were in control of their own destiny a week or so ago and now they're not. Now they're in a situation where all they can do is just win and hope things fall the right way in other games, but you know, I think that's the perspective of the team right now is that you can all you can do is just win and and I, you can't be too preoccupied with Oklahoma City because you don't have any games against them left. So really, there's nothing you can do to to control you know the way Oklahoma City finishes the season. Make sure you follow Jim Eichenhofer on Twitter. He's always got stuff going on, especially on game days. Certainly, uh, anything you've got teed up for us on Pelicans.com, we should keep our eye out for Jim. Um, I think later today you're gonna gonna write something about um, just trying to find out more about the status of of a few guys. I'm sure we'll know more. Um, you know, either today or tomorrow as far as the, the injuries that some of the key guys have, and, and hopefully they'll be able to get a few of these guys back and be further closer to full strength going into a big game tomorrow night. All right, Jim, will have the latest from the Pelicans practice facility later on today, as you mentioned. Jim, we'll see you tomorrow at Smoothie King Center, three big ones, uh, Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday here for New Orleans. Enjoy the ball games, and let's see how this uh, final dozen or so goes for New Orleans. Sure, Sean. I'm looking forward to it, and uh, you know, hopefully, we can a week from now when we reconvene, we'll have a, a little bit better uh, situation and to to break down. Absolutely, Jim Eichenhofer from Pelicans.com with us. Stay tuned when we go over to the other side, NewOrleansSaints.com. John DeShazer joins us from Phoenix, Arizona, and the NFL owners' meetings right after this. Once again, you stayed longer and spent more money gambling than you planned. You told yourself it would never happen again, but it has. Now you have to tell your family you lost money gambling. If you or a family member has a gambling problem, treatment services are available for Louisiana residents at no cost. Call now. It's free and confidential. 1-877-770-STOP. That's 1-877-770-STOP. A message from the Louisiana Department of Health and Hospitals Office of Behavioral Health. 
Pelicans fans, be sure to download the team's official app so you can play our new game, Quest for the Coast, presented by Chevron. Help Pierre the Pelicans save the coast in this infinite flying adventure. Save as many miles of the coast as you can before the water rises. This fun, interactive game includes a basketball bonus round and educational facts about the environment provided by the Audubon Nature Institute. Quest for the Coast, presented by Chevron. Available only on the Pelicans app. Download it today. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly and John DeShazer. Still to come here on Black and Blue Report, the uh, complete rundown yesterday from Mickey Loomis, the Saints general manager out of the NFL owners meetings in Phoenix, spoke to the media for about 20 minutes yesterday. We'll share with you a good portion of that uh, coming up. Uh, speaking of Phoenix, let's take you there now where John DeShazer is standing by with NewOrleansSaints.com covering the NFL owners' meetings after his time with the Pelicans out at the uh, West Coast Road Trip. Good morning, John. It was probably a, a, a pretty extensive visit with Mickey Loomis yesterday, huh? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, he was uh, pretty, uh, I guess, giving of his time yesterday. Um, we had him for a little over 18 minutes, and he addressed basically anything you wanted to throw at him. And, so we went about it from that standpoint, and, and uh, he was he was pretty good with his answers, I guess. What takeaways did you have from that session yesterday, John, that we'll have to particularly pay attention to when we listen here in a little bit? Well, I mean, I know the big thing is that uh, is that you know the, he shot down the Drew Brees trade rumors, uh, but you know, considering I don't know that that was ever, ever, ever a viable thing that the Saints were, you know, even considering maybe some people played some calls. So I didn't really consider that the big news. I mean, but really more about the Jimmy Graham trade for Max Unger and the draft pick. You know, basically him saying that, you know, the Saints had some weaknesses. They had some strengths. They were able to take a strength and hopefully, you know, hopefully strengthen a weakness. And that was the gist of it that came from the Jimmy Graham trade. I mean, they were able to get a center, uh, a Pro Bowl center, and also a draft pick that they might be able to parlay into either a player or probably into, you know, some, a package into some other picks to move up and get more attractive or, you know, or, or, or turn that into a player. So one way or the other, they felt like they got better, you know, or at least as good. Well, you know, got, got pretty good with the trade because when you think about it, Jimmy Graham, obviously a fabulous tight end, probably top one, two, three in the league. And yet the Saints were able to score uh, on offense and move the ball uh, years before anyone knew who Jimmy Graham was. So they figure, you know, if they were able to do it once, they should be able to do it again. And obviously the addition of C.J. Spiller at running back and returner is going to help. And hopefully, you know, the, the advancement of guys like, you know, Josh Hill at tight end and, you know, maybe an increased role for Mark Ingram and a little bit better for, for Nick Toon and, and Brandon Cooks obviously coming back. They expect big things out of him. So they think they can get, you know, a replacement by committee type deal for that production. And I think that would be really the – the big thing for me, the Drew Brees trade rumors, considering they never originated from the Saints, and Mickey Loomis said that a few times, you know, kind of, you know, more unfounded than anything, but, you know, the, the basically the trading of Jimmy Graham to hopefully bolster the team in other areas, that was the one that kind of stood out to me. Mickey's never too high or never too low, but with all the action over the last couple of weeks, did he seem upbeat about the moves that they made, or did he seem, seem somewhat reserved? Well, I mean, he's still reserved. I mean, he said, obviously, you're pleased with the, with the moves they made. But, you know, he said at this time of year, everybody's pleased with what you've done in the offseason. You know, the proof only comes when you play some games and you get the results. 
So signing Brandon Browner at cornerback and signing C.J. Spiller at running back and making the trade for Max Unger and, and accumulating the draft picks and the, getting the um, third-round pick for Kenny Stills from Miami, as well as the linebacker, Daniil Ellerby from Miami. All those things sound good in theory and on paper, but until you get on the field and put the product out there and win games, you really don't know. So he's, you know, he's a typical general, man, general manager from that standpoint. It's kind of a wait-and-see yeah, we feel good about what we did, but you can't really feel good about what you did until you get the results you want. Coach Payton will visit with you tomorrow. I know he's made a couple of comments since his arrival in Phoenix. What kind of a message do you anticipate from head coach Sean Payton? Well, I mean, I expect him to, you know, say, hey, calm down, Saints fans. You know, yes, Jimmy Graham's gone, but, you know, the team feels like it will be able to score without him. Uh, There needed to be a, a shift change in the locker room, and they feel like they've accomplished that change, you know, in terms of leadership. You know, the veteran guys that they retain, you know, the, your Drew Brees and your Marcus Coltons and Jari Evans is still around. Those type players and Ben Watson are still around to lead a locker room. And maybe the locker room will be a little less, you know, a little less tumultuous than it was last year, if you want to use tumultuous as a word. Obviously, there were some things going on there because they mentioned leadership in the season-ending news conferences, Mickey Loomis and Coach Sean Payton. So, you know that there was something to it. But they feel like the, the, the situation is more solid, more stable now. They feel like they've got some productive players. They feel like with Drew Brees, at quarterback, this offense will be able to produce. It's been number number one in, in the league in total offense, you know, six times since Sean Payton was hired in 2006. So I'm pretty sure that's the message he's going to stay with and, and, and go with and, and the one he wants Saints fans to listen to and believe. The Saints did not gain any compensatory picks uh, this week at the NFL owners' meetings, but yet they still have nine picks going into the – NFL draft, uh, whether it be Mickey Loomis's press conference yesterday or what you might expect from Coach Payton tomorrow, any sense of what the Saints may or may not do or may or may not say about all those draft picks and what they'd like to accomplish? Well, they haven't said anything, and I don't expect them to say anything. But Mickey Loomis did say, you know, pretty much that the picks, you know, they're in play. I mean, they're bargaining chips. You have five picks in the first three rounds, and those are bargaining chips whether or not, I mean, the Saints now have two first-round picks, so. Do you package those and move up? Uh, do you use one and move back? You know, how do you use those to better your team? If the guy isn't there that you want, you know, at 13, or if the guy isn't there that you want at 31, you know, what do you do? Or is there somebody you'd like to have at number eight who you feel like you can who can make the team better right now? Do you package them and try to move up? So, you know, everything is pretty much in play in terms of those draft picks. John DeShazer with us here from Phoenix, Arizona. John, uh, you know, basically every decision maker from all NFL teams are in Phoenix for this week's owners' meetings. Uh, you know, the competition committee has a big session this week, uh, and, and who knows what else. What are some of the things that you're hearing as you make your way around the grounds at this week's meetings? I mean, I think the only thing the competition committee might do that might shake it up a little bit, they might consider that extra point. Uh, move back again. Last year we saw it in the preseason where they moved the extra point attempt back a little bit. But in terms of the replay, they've already said they're not going to do anything. They're going to stand pat. They're not going to, you know, go deal with the um, Detroit's um, Detroit's proposal that you deal with the replay after every potential play or every potential penalty. After every penalty, they're not going to deal with the situation where you can review every uh, personal foul and that kind of thing. They're going to leave replay as it is. But the thing that they might entertain the most might be moving back that two-point conversion. That was proposed by the Patriots last year. And basically it was proposed because the play has, has become, you know, from where it is, a snap from the two-yard line. 
There's a 99.6% conversion rate, I believe it is, or something like that. And they're saying that that's too much of an automatic, but if you leave the two-point conversion at the two-yard line, and if you move the PAT back to the 15, which makes it essentially a 32-yard kick, maybe that's a little bit more adventurous. Maybe you'll have more teams go for the two-point conversion, spice up the game a little bit. I think that's, that's going to be the main thing, I believe, that they consider you know, and give some serious consideration to because it was something that they did for a weekend game last year during the preseason, so it might be something they install again. John, as far as off-the-field issues go for the NFL this last season, let's just say it was a bumpy road, especially for NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell. Um, do you get the sense that any of those things linger here as we begin basically the new NFL year, or is there a sense of renewal for the league? Well, I mean, it's lingering. I mean, because think about it. The Greg Hardy case still has not been resolved with the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, the Cowboys signed the defensive end from Carolina. However, you know, the, the league hasn't, hasn't rendered judgment on how many games he will be suspended or if he will be suspended, you know, regarding a domestic violence case that was dismissed, that was first he was found guilty, then dismissed by a jury trial, and they're trying to gather more evidence before they render a decision, the league is, on, how, on whether or not they got to suspend him. So that's lingering. And this is a still developing problem with the league that they're trying to figure out ways to make it better and, and, and hopefully uh, make it more palatable for the fan base. But, you know, that thing's going to linger, and, and it's going to linger until, you know, it's all devolved of. And really, you know, it's, it's as much, you know, you hate to say it this way, but, I mean, it's a percentage that happens in the NFL just like everything else, every other part of society. But the NFL, being as high profile as it, as it is, has to deal with it. If you go back to the Ray Rice case, which the league admits was handled poorly, everybody knows was handled poorly, and now they're trying to make up ground on that. And, and in, some case, in some ways, it seems like they're making it up as they go along. You've got to have a set rule that you're going to go by, a set standard, and they're still trying to develop that until they develop that. And the players' union is going to challenge every decision that they make, whether it be Adrian Peterson, whether it be Greg Hardy, whenever his comes down, or what have you. And so it's going to linger because it won't, it won't go away because everything's going to be challenged. Saints owner Tom Benson is in Phoenix with his wife, Gail. And, and while Mr. Benson no longer, I guess, sits on any of the NFL owners' committees, it sure seems like he's been out and about there in the desert. Yeah, he was, uh, he was at the uh, party, the uh, media party. Well, I won't say media party. I think it was the owners' party that the media crashed last night. But, yeah, he was out and about and looks like he was having a pretty good time. And, you know, hopefully uh, we'll get a chance to speak with him, you know, in the next couple of days. Cross your fingers, not wood. But he seems to be uh, in, in good spirits and uh, getting around pretty well. And so, you know, everything looks up in that. And, and from that sense, uh, Nick Loomis talked about it yesterday. He said, hey, dealing with him has been no different now than it's been for him in the past. He said, you know, hey, you still ask me the tough questions. I still have to answer those tough questions, and we move on from there. Well, we'll look for that on uh, NewOrleansSaints.com. We'll look forward to your visit as well with Saints head coach Sean Payton. I hope that you're enjoying the uh, dry air, as they say, out in Phoenix. We'll look forward to your return, John, here in New Orleans. Well, I've been gone long enough to where I should be in Texas somewhere else. So, yeah, I'm ready to get home and uh, and hopefully uh, sleep in my own bed for a few days before we hit the road again with the Pelicans, I believe. Yep, absolutely. John DeShazer with the Saints out at the NFL owners' meetings in Phoenix. We'll take a quick break, and then we'll come back. We'll uh, listen into that press conference that John alluded to. Mickey Loomis is yours in just a moment. I'm Tom Richards. I'm 35 years old, vice president of sales at a regional paper company. 
Six months ago, we decided to transition to one of those cool collaborative open space offices. So now I sit in the open next to three other sales managers, which means there's nothing separating me from... (coughs) Not getting Carl's nasty cold and missing a sales opportunity this winter? That is my purpose. Blend it now. Try the Immune Builder Smoothie at Smoothie King. It's the tastiest way to stay healthy this winter. Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. Well, as we discussed with John DeShazer, yesterday was Mickey Loomis Day with regard to us at the NFL owners meetings in Phoenix, Arizona. We want to play you just about all that Mickey Loomis had to say yesterday, uh, uncut and unfiltered to say the least. GM Mickey Loomis with the media yesterday in the Valley of the Sun. I know you addressed it earlier, temporarily, but... The breeze trade rumors. I mean, just yeah. Well, I, I don't. I don't know where those get manufactured from. Um, I haven't made a single call asking anybody about Drew Brees. So that's just. I think that's uh, uh, in general some media members that have too much time on their hands and they start coming up with these what if scenarios. So. That's the extent of that. What's your philosophy been this off season? I mean, obviously, you know, tons of moves. <clears throat> well, look, I, th- I think this. There's been a few moves. I don't know about tons of moves. I mean, we've done some things. You know, I, I say this to you guys every year. You know, we've got what ultimately um, ends up being a list of <clears throat> somewhere around 19 or 20 items that you know we want to get accomplished in an off season. And and I didn't really think that this year was any different than any other year <clears throat> other than you know, there's a couple names involved and a couple of you know I guess uh, um, you know moves invo- involving you know names that that people are familiar with and and, and you know good players and, and obviously trades aren't as common in the NFL as they are in some of these other sports and so you know when you when you do a big trade that uh, you know gets a lot of attention so I get that did you um, get- we we <clears throat> we've never been about <clears throat> you know we've never put a for sale sign out on all of our players that you know I've read that a couple times that anything and everything was up for grabs that's not that was never true uh, and isn't true um, and yet at the same time you know people get you get calls from teams all the time asking about certain things and uh, certain players and. Listen, we're all, you know we're always available to listen. That doesn't mean we're shopping players or that we're trying to make wholesale uh, um, roster changes or any of the way uh, anything in the way that uh, you know some of these articles describe it. <clears throat> you guys didn't set out to trade Jimmy Graham. Was that just something that kind of came together? Yeah, you know I think that that evolved as as you know. Uh, that's the best way to describe it is that evolved and you know we're trying to do do some things to help our help uh, our overall team and and um, you know we've been fortunate to have a really good offense for uh, um, the entire time that Sean Payton's been our head coach 
I think we finished first in the NFL five of the nine years. Has he pushed nine years for us now? Is that what it is? Yeah. Five of the nine years. I think we've, we finished first. We fi finished in the top um, five every year that he's been our head coach. And the one year he was suspended, we still managed to uh, finish sixth in the NFL. So we've been able to generate offense um, throughout that period. And yet, you know, our defense has uh, been up and down. And so, you know, when, when you look at your team, you're trying to assess the assets that you have and how can we help ourselves in, in areas of weakness. Uh, and sometimes that, that requires you to take a strength of your team and, and turn it into something else. And so, um, you know, that trade just evolved that way. Pretty pleased with the moves that you guys have been able to make so far uh, with a Brandon Browner and, and such. Well, look, I think this, yes, but you know, the, the proof will be, um, you know, in the season how it impacts our team. Uh, I think every team would say they're pleased with the things that they've done um, in an off season, uh, and and we're no different. You know, there, there's some things that that uh, they've been able to do, and look, we've still got a long ways to go here. There, there's there's other players available. We've got a draft, an important draft uh, uh, for us coming up. We've got five picks in the first three rounds, and we have to take advantage of that. What went into the decision uh, of letting uh, Curtis Lofton go and then <coughs> trading Ben Grubbs? I mean, so obviously you have two yeah. pretty significant holes that you need to address. Yeah, you know, I think, I think uh, look, like anything else, there's lots of variables involved. Those guys... Uh, both those guys were good players for us and did a lot of really good things and, and have tread on the tire tires both of them and yet you know when you look at your team and the construction of the cap and 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 just you know every every variable on your team um you got to make you know you got to do some things and and so all those pieces were involved in those decisions how flexible do you think you guys will be with the draft picks? Uh, you know, obviously you pick up one with the Jimmy Graham trade, one with the Grubbs trade. I mean, right. that was obviously something you guys wanted to seek out this offseason with some of these moves, right? Well, yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's uh, you know, that's the way that's turned out is, is we've got a lot of draft picks and, and, you know, we'll see if we pick or we trade. We'll see what happens, uh, you know, as we get closer to the draft and into the draft. One of the things that was said last year is that so much turnover maybe led to some issues, you know, in the locker room and you know the team coming together. Are you concerned that 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 could happen again with so many guys going in and out? Well, I th I think this, you know, every every year every team is different, um, and yet we've got we've got a pretty solid core group of guys in that locker room, and and um, I'm pretty confident that we'll have that straightened out. Did you straighten it out with Keenan Lewis? With his comments, uh, you uh, don't really what are you talking about? I mean, what do you mean? Well, uh, you know, Keenan Lewis. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that situation calmed down. He kind of backed off some of his feelings. Well, I think this. You know, I, I don't know about all that because uh, I only know what Keenan's told me directly, and and I know this. He he loves playing for the Saints. He loves uh, um, the city of New Orleans, being around his family, being around this team, and. You know, I think for him, you know, his dream is to is to um, have a long career with the Saints and finish with the Saints. And so, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> nothing wrong with any of that. And he's an emotional player, uh, um, but that's part of part of what makes him uh, such a good player for us. Not to say that one guy can replace <clears> one guy, <throat> but does an improving Josh Hill make the Jimmy Graham trade? I guess a little easier to do or a little more palatable. 
Well, you know, I think this Jimmy's a, a special player, and and um, but but we've got you know we've got some guys that we have confidence in, and in, in Ben and Josh, and and uh, you know there'll be other guys on offense that help pick up uh, the production that he's that he's had for us. Um, you know, Mark Ingram can do more, and 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 C.J. Spiller and Brandon Cooks we have high hopes for, and. Uh, we've seen some good things from so it's not just any one person necessarily replacing his production it's you know it's it's um, it's a number of guys in our team well you mentioned offensive guys one that's not there anymore is Kenny Stills what kind of went into that yeah that, that process um, <clears throat> you know I think again just being able to acquire uh, uh, you know more assets um, Listen, he, he was a good player, as is a good player. He's, he'll do a great job for Miami. And, and uh, But I kind of look at it like, hey, we've been able to take, take a fifth-round pick and turn it into um, you know, a third-round pick and, and the opportunity to have another player come in along with that. Um, so you know, that, that was, that's what went into that. Jerry Evans has been a guy a lot of people have uh, speculated about. Is is he going to be back, or is that still up in the air? Yeah, I mean, Jerry's, Jerry's on our roster and on our team, yes. How much did you uh, target Spiller, and what? How much, I mean, obviously, you guys probably think he brings a lot to the table. Yeah. Um, look, I I wouldn't say that we went into free agency thinking we were gonna, uh, you know, go after another running back and and certainly uh, a player of his caliber. But it just, you know, at some point during the course of free agency, it started to make some some sense for us uh, uh, in terms of the makeup of our team and. And um, you know, and, and the cost to acquire. So, yeah, I would say that I wouldn't say it fell to us. That'd be a, <laughs> that'd be a little extreme. But uh, um, but it's not something that we went into free agency thinking that we'd be able to to accomplish. With what you've been able to do in free agency and, and the trades, are you guys now in a position draft-wise? You know, you like to you know draft the best guy available. Yeah. Are you in that position now? Well, you know, I think we're always, I always feel like we're always in that position. You go into free agency looking to fill the, the musts that you have um, on your roster. And so the goal, obviously, is to get to that point where you're taking the best player for, uh, available when you're uh, in the draft process. But the but is this, is that when you pick, there's generally three or four players that are grouped together and then you're looking at, hey, what positions make the most sense for us? So it's 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 a combination of um, taking the best player available and being able to, you know, fulfill a hole on your team. And uh, a guy that we don't talk about, but was part of the Jimmy trade, Max Unger. I mean, yeah. Obviously, somebody you guys targeted. Uh, just what do you like about him? And uh, I know sealing up the middle on an offensive line is. Uh, one of the big musts. Yeah, he, listen, we're real excited about having Max a uh, uh, part of our team. First, you know, he comes from, you know, a winning program there in Seattle. Um, they've had a lot of success, and he's been a big part of that. He's made, um, you know, a couple Pro Bowls. Um, he's a high character, smart player, good leadership. There, I mean, there's there's a lot of adjectives we can use for him, uh, and we like all of them. And so, um, and so, we're looking forward to having him in our off-season program and. and Getting him integrated with our team. Does that put Tim more as a guard now, or does he kind of stay in this, as a swing guy? Yeah, I think. 
listen, we're going to have a competition for that left guard spot, and, and, and I would say, you know, coming into camp that, that, you know, he's probably the leader, but, you know, we'll see what happens in this offseason, and, and he's got some versatility, Tim does, where, you know, look, that's a good find for us, a, a great job by our, our scouts and our coaches and, and uh, our offensive line coach to, you know, develop Tim, and, and so we feel confident that he can play uh, both guard and center, and we'll just see how it how it plays out during training camp. Same thing on Allerby. What do you what do you guys see in him? Yeah, listen, uh, Donnell is, is a good player and was part of the Baltimore Super Bowl team. Um, went to Miami. He had some uh, unfortunate luck with injuries, and so we're just you know we're looking forward to having him back and 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 him getting completely healthy and being a big part of our of our club and. Um, um, and a big part of our defense, and you know, I'd say the same thing about him. He's he's high character, um, good leadership skills, and 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 so we're looking forward to having him part of our team as well. And there's been reports that Jeff Ireland is now assistant GM. Is that right? And yeah. Is his role change at all? Since yeah. He came there? Jeff Title's assistant GM. He's, his primary function is to be uh, a college scouting director and head that area. But listen, he's got a, you know a lot of experience. Um, and his experience as a general manager will be an asset for us, and and, and I, you know I can bounce some things off of him as well as you know Terry Fontenot, um, our pro director. So I'm really you know really confident in the group that we have, excited about the group we have, and you know we lost a real good man in, in uh, Ryan Pace, um, who's moved on to bigger and better things uh with Chicago and he'll do a great job there but but I'm real confident in the in the uh, in the guys that we have. We had a number of guys, not just those two, but we had a number of guys in our building that were ready to move up and do more and, and they are doing that. Uh um you know Dewan Jones and and, and um, you know Mike Baugh. There's a number of guys in you know in our building that are um and part of our staff that are real capable of more and so we'll be asking more of them. How much uh if any has the, the ownership uh, thing taking a toll on, on Mr. Benson uh, has it taken a noticeable toll, or do you see them kind of stay? You know, listen, I, I, that's a question for him, not for me. Although, look, he seems the same to me, and um, I personally haven't been too worried about it. I, you know, he's the same as he's always been to me. You know, he's, he's had a difficult time with his knee. In the last year, but but uh, Manny asked me the same tough questions, and <laughs> and uh, uh, you know I give him the same information that I've been doing for the last uh, you know 12 or 14 years here, so he just doesn't seem a lot different to me. And I, look, that that's uh, um, you know it's a difficult issue that he's dealing with, and yet I personally have been real worried about it. You addressed Drew earlier. Another thing, you know, people want to know is kind of like. When do you start looking for the next quarterback, even though that could be a few years down the road? Is is it better to be early than late there? Or? Well, that's a good question. I, uh, I think that's something that you can't really force. Um, but I, I think we treat it much like we treat any position. Look, we're, we're always looking to um, get a good player at every position that can push the player, in, the starting player in the position and, and uh, can develop into a starter. And then he's either your starter or you have an asset that, that you can use and, uh, you know, and, get, and get something for later or be, um, be a great backup. So I don't know that that's changed um, 
you know, any, and yet we can't, you know, we're not going to be able to just force a pick and take somebody just because because we think, you know, Drew's getting older. Um, it's got to be the right guy at the right time, and, and um, you know, that hasn't happened yet. For the confidence sake. level in Drew, I mean, I'm allowed to talk about him, but I mean, about trading, but I mean, what's, the team, what's your confidence level? Yeah, there's no, been no talk about trading Drew from well, us. Not from you. I mean, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, but you're, you know. I, I have high confidence level in Drew. I mean, I've just sa I just said a few a little bit ago we've finished number one in the league in offense five of the last nine years, and we've been in the top five uh, eight of the last nine years. And the one year when Sean was suspended, we finished sixth. So uh, um, I think that speaks for itself. Keep the crazy things that people are saying going. Uh, so, <laughs> given your confidence in Drew and everything, it'd be highly unlikely that you guys would package your picks to move up and take top quarterback. Well, we'll have to see what happens um, in the draft. So, that's you're, you're, you're giving me a lot of what ifs here. A lot of topics covered. Of course, it's been a busy last couple of weeks for Mickey Loomis, and certainly more busyness to come for the NFL draft and the rest of free agency here in the NFL's offseason. Stay tuned. When we come back, we'll wrap up the Black and Blue Report and get you set for tomorrow, a Wednesday, from our Smoothie King Center studios as the Pelicans get set to take on the Rockets. The future is now for the New Orleans Pelicans as all-star Anthony Davis has become one of the elite players in the NBA. 2015-16 season tickets are now on sale, so make sure to secure early bird pricing and receive special gifts as part of our parade of prizes. Season ticket holders receive great benefits, including access to exclusive team events, plus savings on concessions and merchandise. Be part of the best fan experience in the NBA by calling 525-HOOP or visiting pelicans.com today. In New Orleans, food is more than a passion, it's a tradition. And Zatarans has been part of that tradition for 125 years. From jambalaya and dirty rice to crab boil and more, Zatarans has been jazzing up dinner since before there was jazz. And we're excited about what next season might bring. Jazz it up tonight with Zatarans, proud sponsor of the New Orleans Pelicans. Pelicans.com and NewOrleansSaints.com, your first stop when following your teams. Tomorrow's Black and Blue Report will come to you from the Smoothie King Center in downtown New Orleans. Our podcast originates there with the Pelicans getting ready to take on the Houston Rockets tomorrow night at 7 p.m. It's the first of three in a row at home for New Orleans. Friday, the Pelicans will take on the Sacramento Kings at 7 o'clock. Tickets are available. And it'll be a fun night, too, as Pierre the Pelican is inviting a bunch of his mascot friends in for a big party on Friday. And the first 8,000 fans in attendance on Friday receive a Pierre the Pelican bobblehead doll. There are still tickets remaining. You want to call 504-525-HOOP or go to pelicans.com. The homestand then concludes on Sunday afternoon, afternoon game against the Minnesota Timberwolves. And we're going to start that one even a little earlier than normal. That's a 3 o'clock tip-off on Sunday. So if you're thinking about going to that game or already have tickets, uh, make sure that you note in your uh, day planner that it's a 3 o'clock start on Sunday, not uh, 5 o'clock that we've done in the past on Sunday. So, again, 3 o'clock on Sunday. So three big games for the Pelicans. Uh, we'll uh, see what the Thunder do tonight against the Lakers, and then their schedule stiffens, as does the Phoenix Suns. So a chance to maybe make up a little of the ground you lost last week 
on the West Coast road trip. And uh, we'll be hoping for the best, certainly, and better health for the Pelicans as well. David Wesley to discuss some of that on tomorrow's Black and Blue Report. It is a Wesley Wednesday. We'll also have more from Phoenix, Arizona, and the NFL owners meetings as they look to conclude uh, activities there tomorrow as well. So, good show today. Uh, again, thanks to John DeShazer and Jim Eichenhofer, Mickey Loomis too. And we'll look forward to seeing you again tomorrow here on the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. From Studio B on Airline Drive, I'm Sean Kelly. So long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.